I think it's uh, there's you have to kind of know what you're doing to to get a product that is. I've I've you just skated, want the satisfaction of skated, doing it yourself. I've skated through life for 44 <laughs> years, kind of knowing what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the old, I kind of know what I'm doing, Doctor James. What's your philosophy? Well, kind of know what I'm doing. Uh, hey. You know that guy that uh, gets out of med school, just gets by with like a C minus? Yeah, he's still a doctor. You still call him doctor. (laughs) Doctor, Exactly. The guy who passes with a D is, he's still a doctor. He graduated. Yeah. Yeah, nobody, nobody's asking their grades when you walk in and, you know, pay. What was your grade there, doc? He's a doctor. He's got to be, he's got to be smart. The Great Dive Podcast is hosted by your buddies, James and Brando. Friend once. I had a friend <laughs> once. I don't know why I was even bringing this. Oh, just because it was uh, retiring. I don't think my buddy's retiring though. But he works for Illich family. You know, uh, doing this their security. Uh, so he turned the corner. You know, works over there at the Fox and that area. Turned the corner and there's a big picture of him on the Fox marquee that said, "Congratulations on 30 years." So oh, he did 30 damn. years uh, yesterday. So he had, you know, put his name and. It'd be pretty cool. I mean, your name and face and yeah, yeah, in lights on the marquee of the Fox Theater. That would be sweet for the day. Yeah, yeah. I might get my name and face on the Phil <laughs> Station. Phil <laughs> 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 Station at the shop. Little monkey tail behind you. <laughs> Take a monkey, James. No, you, you, you actually will have it named uh, after you. You'll have the actually the back, the back working area. Yeah, yeah. The dry suit, the dry suit suit station will be the James Mott dry suit station. The James Mott glue sniffing <laughs> area. We have a picture of you looking like uh, uh, what's his name from uh, Airplane. <laughs> Looks like I picked the wrong name. Quit sniffing glue. <laughs> Lloyd Bridges, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Can't as much Lloyd Bridges, or what do we call it? Montalban. Bridges on Montalban. So hey, so I get this guy comes into the shop the other day. So this guy walks. His into name's the shop. his name's not important. We'll but we'll call him Dick. <laughs> <laughs> do I know this guy? Yes, you do. Oh, okay, okay. Everybody knows this guy. Oh, okay. He's he's one of those guys. Hmm. You might not know him personally, oh. but you you kind of know you the know guy. This guy. Yeah. He, In the big a, picture, you know this. Guy. He's an archetype. Correct. And you know, you know how we have fun with our archetypes. Archetypes, yes. Aren't we all just an archetype? So he comes in with his regulators. Mm-hmm. I'm really pissed off at you. You almost killed my wife. Did you say What do you mean almost? <laughs> it didn't work? <laughs> that bitch has had it coming. <laughs> I'm like, what? Yeah. We had a regulator service from you guys. She ran out of air. Hmm. Interesting. He's a doctor, I'll bet. <laughs> uh, 18 dives in, by the way. 18 uh, dives her, in from uh, the... On her 18th it, dive. Yeah. She ran out of air. She ran out of air. And that's your fault. And, and I think this was actually like the second little trip that he did. Yeah. They did a trip. Okay. Another trip. So, so it, 18 dives from the time he picked up his regulators from service, the regulator started free-flowing. Her regulator was too easy to breathe from, so she ran out of air. Hmm. The dumb astounds me some days. This is and and they want to make the classes easier. 
You know, that's right. Like, you just set me off when I hear this shit. I just go, what the? F- Both of these people have C cards. Both of them have C cards. Yeah. And then um, when I uh, uh, took it in the back to like throw it on a bench, mm-hmm. throw it up on the on the IP gauge, yeah. and throw it on the Magnahelic to kind of check what it was doing. It was the the octo was free flowing on it. Yeah. Okay, so that can, full that, of shit. That can go through gas. <laughs> yeah. And then it turns out the it was wasn't even the reg that he said the problem was. It was the other reg. <laughs> so whether he got confused or what the deal was. Uh-huh. But anyways, so he's telling me this story about how uh, yeah, you know, we were doing this dive. It was um, like a more advanced dive. So the dive master said, make sure everybody goes to the mooring line and mm-hmm. goes down the mooring line. Yeah. Because, you know, it's rough. There's a current. Yeah, you don't, don't want to get lost. And he goes, um, and my wife is the only one that listened to him. <laughs> so they all got in job and just dropped. Yeah. Left her by herself. Nice. So she comes down by herself where had he been a... a Mediocre buddy probably yes, would have seen would have, yeah would have seen the free flowing regulator that they didn't pick up on the surface before they even got in the water yeah. that there was a, a leak and a free flow going on ended up um, how bad was running, it free running out running out completely out of gas eventually yeah. you know by the end of the dive so they did a whole forty minute dive of free flowing regulator between her legs probably was it just like a little bubble here and there or was it really yeah, going. It, I mean, so or he didn't say it was like a, a hissing free a hiss, flow, a like nothing, hiss, yeah. nothing bad. Like it wasn't a <laughs> like a completely blown out seat. It, it wasn't, wasn't like a, a cold water, like, you know, a high pressure full, seat go. Wasn't yeah. it like a high pressure seat went in the first stage blowing? Mm-hmm. It, you know, um, it wasn't like a, even like a fully maladjusted, yeah. <laughs> bubbling free flow. Right, it was, and it was just like a, a constant stream of bubbles, yeah. but still yeah. unnoticed by. His partner, unchecked on everything, un even acknowledged to the, not, to not your body, like, hey, you had a. They don't know what the sign is for bubbles and leaky. Oh, well, probably not. Stuff. I mean, well, they did no bubble check uh, on the way down. You know, all the basics. Nothing was done. Right, and right. that's your fault. It's mine. You it's my fault. almost killed us. Correct. I mean, uh, the rewards of working in a dive shop. Oh yeah, with yeah, morons. Yeah. Even if it was full on my fault, like I forgot to put the... It's still not, it's even, not your even fault. Like I forgot to put the goddamn seat in the regulator, right? right? And it, <laughs> there's no way it can even connect. Yes. Right? Even if I did that, you as a diver have to take responsibility, responsibility for going Thank scuba you. diving. Mm-hmm. And when you get in the water, you got to realize that nature's kind of trying to kill your ass. Well, yeah. <laughs> the environment you just entered is incompatible with human life, period. Right. That's, that's it. So... Any, Enter at your own risk and and take proper precautions. Get educated. Don't take your class like a uh, God damn it! I got to take this class to go diving. Luckily, it's buy one get one free. Luckily, there's a group on. For yes, it. exactly. I could be done. So this, now I could be done this afternoon. There's a group on. <laughs> or if I just want to blow it off at the end of it, I'll come back in a year or two because it don't cost nothing. Right. Right. I mean. The moment that you just get in the water assuming that you're going to be okay, you're setting yourself and pretty much anybody you're diving with up for a potential problem. Not that it's likely that it's going to happen, no. but the mere fact that it can happen, you always have to have that in your head of be ready. Right. Because anything can happen. You're underwater. That's what the training is all about. That is why you need training. If it were like just walking down the street, your fucking baby training would have sufficed. But it's not. It's life support equipment that you're putting your life on the line with. Also, you can have an experience. That being said, get educated and, and follow what you're taught. Now, in their defense, when you're taught shit. Well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, hey, everybody, know by the way, do. welcome back to the Great Time Podcast. <laughs> with your hosts. You're here with killing your wife, Jamesy. <laughs> killing another wife. There you go, Jamesy, killing another wife. And uh, I wish I were an attorney, Brando. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, um, we're talking about... Uh, killing ta- wives. Killing wives <laughs> and taking responsibility for wife killing. Sorry, wives. Today's... Sorry, wives. We'll make it up next week. We'll talk about... Killing, killing husbands. husbands. <laughs> Kill them all. Kill them all. But, yeah, um, 
So if we delve into this guy a little bit, and, yeah. and I, I found an article about um, the risk and responsibility of being a rock climber. It was kind of a cool yeah. little article that I think you'll dig because it kind of goes into a little bit of this. Well, I think this but is an epidemic uh, in, yeah, in yeah, this so world today where I don't have any responsibility. And the, the world is going to look out for my safety because the government will get involved or they'll, they'll put something in place so that I can't get hurt or my kids can't get hurt ever. Right. And, and if they a, do, we'll sue. we're going to go to court. Things are going to, heads are going to roll. Okay. Take some goddamn responsibility. And life is not guaranteed. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. even, I mean. That makes it cool, though. That's what the cool part of it is. I mean, do, is there anything that you do where you just don't assume that somebody's going to be negligent some way, and that and that I'm going that you're going to have to cover your own ass. Oh, I don't. I, I know, like I like everything. I'm an I adult. <laughs> <laughs> I take responsibility for myself, right. and I assume like, nobody I, else knows what the fuck they're doing. <laughs> right, that's the, that's the way I've gotten by my whole life. Right, it's like. I don't ever like do anything where I just blindly go. They'll take mm, care of me. Exactly. Hell no. Do you know I, that would feel so wacky? That I, would, I would not be, be. I would like, be so uh, on edge the whole time. Okay. I, I would yeah. be so uncomfortable. Well, I mean, you have to when you go into like the doctor for surgery. Or say you're having even a minor surgery and you're being put under. Well, you're you're like okay. Why do you think I don't? <laughs> I know exactly. Doctor, That's what. Right? This is the thing. I'm like okay. I'm trusting you with my life, people. That's about that's about you know the extent of I'm trusting, but even you can't do very many things where you you're not entrusting someone. You know, you get on an aircraft, you're entrusting the pilot and the crew and even the maintenance people. Like, okay, I'm entrusting you for the next four to six hours or whatever your flight is to hop over to this yeah, next location yeah, right, right, right. for me and get me there in one piece, and we don't crash and burn in a fiery ball. Death. <laughs> right, I get it. I get it. There you you're have stuck, to, right? Yeah. You're stuck. Yeah, but you, you don't have, have a, a class going, okay, this is how you handle if, you know, the wing falls off. You don't have that. Everybody can't have that training. So to survive in this world, you have to. Yeah, but if you, like, if we all had to diving, fly, if we all had to fly our own planes. Oh, yeah. Right, so you went into the class and you, like, there was a button in the middle of the dashboard <laughs> that said, this is the fly button. Exactly. You push this. This is the land button. There. You push this. Mm-hmm. And then you look out the window at the mountains and trees. Right. Like, I'd be like, well, That's are you sure? Exactly. Like, what makes it definitely fly when I hit this button? This is the way the whole like autopilot car. thousand things go on? Oh, yeah. yeah. Right, right. This is the whole thing about our autopilot cars to people like us that were like, whoa, uh, stop right there. <laughs> I don't think I'm just going to, you know, click. I'm in. Okay, right, and then just night okay, rider. Okay, Siri, it. <laughs> take me to uh, yeah, night rider at home, baby. <laughs> like pretty soon, like that's going to be the standard for for kids getting in the car driving. Well, people they just, check out, man. They're going to yeah. sit sit in the driver's seat mm-hmm. and click, yeah. you know, click their app that says "Take me to work" or, right. or "Take me to wherever they, I'm going." They end up someplace they else. They're going to start suing. Bingo. Yeah, but the, the, these companies you? are going to be like, well, the only places this place, the car goes either to where you say or it jumps off a cliff because you did. Right. And then it makes it look like you did it yourself. I mean, it wasn't too long ago where people were driving around following their little Google Maps and they yeah. get onto a dead end road. <laughs> like, middle, motherfucking the, Google. The, in the middle of the desert. I hate who you. Do they, who do they blame Google, Google Maps? Because yeah. they just haven't been paying any attention. They, they don't know how to read them. Zero yeah. clue where yeah. they're at. Now. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they didn't even look at the big picture. Just jumped in and and it, they might have even had the wrong destination on there. Now, I've done that as I've... I've hit Google Maps for a location that I was going to, and somehow maybe taken a phone call in between, but gone back to my Google Maps, and it's changed the destination. So now I'm, I think I'm on my way to a, an appointment, or especially when I used to do fo- photography for that magazine, I would get events, yeah, yeah, and just plug the plug the address in, and I'd look at, okay, I got an idea where it's around, but then sometimes it would. It would take me to another place around there, right? <laughs> like, but, the? but at some point, but you it was me. Yeah, I had to look at, at the map. At some point, you got to yeah. take responsibility yeah, and go, I, "Okay, I, I can't trust the technology. I have to realize exactly. that this is on me." Yeah, to to get yeah. home, you have to take responsibility. I think that at the end of the day, you are responsible for yourself, regardless. Driving a car, yeah, definitely underwater. 
Definitely. That's why you take the damn class. And then when, when you can say that, well, that's why I dive with a good buddy, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time, there is, you know, good dive team. There's very good self sufficiency right. in mm-hmm. both parties right. to create the good team. That increases safety like exponentially when, when two people are on the same page and looking at each other and themselves. You know, when we're talking about this, what comes to my mind is. You know, you watch those videos of Discover Scuba, you know, down in these remote warm water locations. And uh, it's like one instructor carrying, you know, he's swimming with two people. He's holding on to their tanks. <laughs> right, right. Neither have fins on. Right? Yeah. Well, the instructor, he's I, got like four second stages coming off of his first stage. He's got regular. And he just swimming along with them. Well, he's actually, they're in their own gear, so, like, he, if if he goes unconscious or whatever happens to this guy, because, you know, shit happens, these these two people he's carrying, they're up, say a shark comes and gets a little, like, nosy at him, and he's got two people but, uh, in his hands with no fins underwater, <laughs> probably overweighted, and have yeah. no idea about nothing. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like that. That assumption that everything's just going to be a okay, like I I couldn't get by like that. Like or the that trust is just me not, dives yeah, in that a cave. That is just not the way diving. my brain works. Yeah. yeah, come on in this cave. I'll take you. You'll be all right. You're with me. You'll be. Fine. I've been in this yeah. cave a million times. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's never been my approach with scuba diving. So I don't get it when other people. It's one thing I just like shake my head and go, "This is a a symptom of a problematic society." Yeah, yeah. It's well, not just in scuba diving. I found this cool article out of Gripped magazine. Grip it and rip it. Gripped magazine. Gripped. I don't know what are you reading, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what. To, I don't know what to think. It was a lo- That's enough said. It was a lonely Friday night. <laughs> I'm reading my gripped. It's a climbing magazine. Sure it is. But it's an uh, article. It's called "The Risk and Responsibility of Being a Climber." And how was it? Oh, it's it's, it's Could you, right on board with what we're talking about. Cause, I mean, it, it's subtitled. He says it. It seems we're forgetting that injury and death are potential consequences of playing in the uncontrollable environment of the vertical arena. Written by a John Heshka a few years back. Yeah, people want this like guaranteed safety. You know, they feel like oh, if it's written down, guaranteed my safety, I'm good to go. Well, I think well, who's this doing where, this shit? Well, I think this is where we keep coming back with. What we talk about with training here on this show is, I mean, I just saw this really great ad for one of the big box training agencies, Mm -hmm. you know, for their way of teaching everybody to dive. Mm -hmm. It was a beautiful picture, this beautiful top of this reef. Actually looked good in the water, good trim, and um, looked like had great buoyancy control, which you can only be, you can only guess on a photo. Right, it's, it's frozen. Not, it's frozen, so it, it, whether nah. it's timed just right or what. But at the end of the day, it looked really good. Right. But in the same, like in that picture, is a big wide-angle shot, and you can see the rippling of yeah. the surface of the water, right? So the diver's in 15, 20 feet of water. Right. But, which is where I say the reality of the open water class Especially the Groupani weekendy, right? You know, half price, two for one special. It's a twenty feet of water scuba course, mm-hmm. and that's where it should stay. And that's where it should stay. Yeah, right. You need a lot more knowledge of yourself, mm-hmm. a not a lot more knowledge of your equipment, a way to think beyond what the all-functioning Perdix computer that's telling me everything that I need to know <laughs> that's saving my life. Right? You need to be able to see through those numbers yeah. if you're going to venture into 60, 80, 100 feet or, or deeper of water. It definitely helps with your your sense of confidence in the dive when you have a clue about what's going on and you've practiced and you've gone through scenarios that basically prepare you for a number of situations where you can read into, okay, this is how this is supposed to work, and this is how this can go, and this is how we get out of this crap. Yeah. Uh, John says, I'm troubled by the idea that the climbing community is slowly, albeit inexorably, creeping towards emasculating risk from climbing. There's a connection, I think, with the attitude of entitlement that many of our youth today possess. At school, it manifests itself in the way they believe they should receive grades they perhaps don't deserve. 
On the rock, this is evident in how some climbers think they should have free access to every cliff or that challenging climbs should not be dangerous. And I tell you, a 100-foot dive, a 30-meter dive is a dangerous dive. It can't, for sure. For and on, sure. On this, and on the same flip side of that, a 30-foot dive can to be 10 super meters, dangerous. you yes. can die just as easily yeah. in 30 feet of water as you can in 30 meters of water. I think that, especially when you're not used to, to diving 100 feet and you're already in the, uh, I'm just down there blowing bubbles and usually someone else is watching out for me, that 100-foot dive you do because you've got three or four 30-foot dives in and you go down and all of a sudden gas usage is super quick. There's an element of narcosis. Usually it's not too bad, but there's yeah, an element of yeah. it, so it's screwing with you. You're feeling maybe a little more overconfident and better than you should. And you have just enough gas to go well over to, to go over the deco limit, and not have enough gas to make it up. Yeah, that's the dangerous part exactly. of that hundred feet zone. You're right on that. You're line. on this line. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and don't forget, it's a rental tank that you're using down there. <laughs> the critter, so the so the O ring's yeah. leaking. Yeah, yeah. Or or the guy at the scuba shop is trying to kill your wife. Well, yeah. Don't and forget about that you're, guy. You're the you're the regulator is free flowing, and you noticed it, but. Uh, um, who cares? <laughs> pretend I didn't yeah, notice that. It's kind of an advanced dive. I got to get it in. For example, he says, it's becoming increasingly normal for climbers to be guided up long routes like Mount Everest. There's nothing wrong with being guided, but the attitude of deferring decisions to a guide has increasingly extended to blaming others when things go sideways. Modern climbers get sandbagged on old 5.9s and complain about the grades or add bolts to existing lines because they think the routes are too scary and someone could get hurt. And just like um, what we were just saying, like there's that blame culture mm-hmm. here that he's talking about in your buddy dying, you know, walking up to Mount Everest. And, uh, right. Who I'm, do, I'm suing who, Mount Everest. I'm, I'm suing the, the dive, the, the climb guide. Yeah. Right. And then... You know, uh, my my buddy runs out of air doing the deep dive in Thailand or Hawaii or Cayman Islands or wherever, right? It's not that I'm going to take responsibility because I noticed that my buddy's octo was free-flowing the right. whole dive or there was bubbles shooting out of the air spool <laughs> of my buddy's pressure gauge the whole dive or the, the tank valve where it hooks up to the yoke of the regulator has been leaking because it's an old shitty O-ring that's mm-hmm. just bubbling the entire time. So he's going through gas behind his head that he doesn't realize. Or even taking it a step further that I realize there's the leak. Let's fix it right now. Mm-hmm. Right? Let's go back to the surface of the boat now that we're right. 10 feet of water and get it fixed right. and taken care of. Or even if I want to be really pushy, I go, all right, well, I realize that we're going to cut this dive in half. Yeah. Because I'm... I'm Losing There's a slow gas. leak, yeah. I'm losing gas faster than I normally would. Not, well, everybody else is staying down for 45, <laughs> 60 minutes. Exactly. So I'm going to take that tank all the way down to one PSI right. and then go, Die Master, help. My damn scuba shop that serves these regs. They almost killed me. Yeah. I just can't, I can't imagine it. And maybe it's the way I, I grew up. I don't know. We're old. I'm, I shouldn't say we. I'm old. And I'm like the old man with the socks on the lawn yelling, get off my lawn these days. <laughs> I, I never thought I would get there. But you kind of get there because you just look around you and go, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Do any of you people like get up and go, okay, well, I'm going to be responsible for myself today and, and myself in this world. And I'm not going to blame someone. You, no, you, I've, you. and I think people are conditioned to well, blame. They watch nowadays. that idiot box, yeah, and yeah. that's all that's on the idiot box. Well, because you can't... from the top down. You, you yeah. can't solve the problem and completely rechange the education in the 30-minute show. <laughs> but you can get a lawsuit, <laughs> and you can yeah. get a verdict yeah. in 30 minutes. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, thanks, lawyers. It's more than the style versus safety debate. The current mindset almost disavows risk. And when someone does get injured, instead of looking inwards and understanding how it could have happened, we look to the courts for restitution. Climbing has fallen on hard times. A bolt breaks in Australia, resulting in the death of a climber, and a lawsuit is pending. A commercially guided expedition doesn't summit, and the operator is sued for breach of contract. A climber is injured during a fall and sues the climbing gym. 
A guide is sued after the alpine ice. He's leading dinner plates, causing him to fall and pull out the belay anchor, resulting in the death of his client. Belayers and manufacturers of the belay devices are sued for not catching a fall. A climber dies during a descent in the Tetons, and the National Park Service is sued for a failed search and rescue response. The list goes on and on. Insanity. I get it. You're, you, I mean, somebody dies, and it's a close person to you, loved one, whatever. You want something to be done. You want to lash out, I guess. Maybe you're hurt. You don't know what to do. But to just start blaming, it doesn't make it go away. It doesn't bring the person back. Ultimately, when you engage in these activities, don't you assume, hey, I may not be coming back. Right. This might but be it. In a way, is that not the, the draw? That's that what you, I say when you, I go out diving every day, by the way. I, Bye. Nice knowing you. I hope you guys will miss me. Eat your breakfast. They're, I might not come back. <laughs> eat your breakfast. This, They're all like, shut this, up, Dad. Go. Like, Just go. <laughs> you keep promising this. I mean, this a, you keep saying this. Is this a dangerous dive, Dad? <laughs> no, I just might not come back. <laughs> <laughs> no, my, my kids will be listening to this. And <laughs> Julia will be. <laughs> I might not even do the dive. I just might go get coffee and just never come back. I haven't dived in 20 years. <laughs> uh, yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, there's a, there's, I mean, that's why you're, I mean, that's kind of why you got into diving is it's so draw, that you're not, mm-hmm. you're not the fat, lazy couch potato sitting on the, you know, sitting in the uh, recliner watching the show about diving. Yes. Like you're getting out there and doing it. You do. That's part of the draw. Yeah. I mean, that's human nature. There's, a, I mean, a certain that's human the, nature, that's I guess. The, it's a lot yeah. of the cool factor associated right. with mm-hmm. it that you are doing something risky. But and you're you, also putting you your... To, you try to take and, and, and mitigate that risk well, so that it's, is, is, is It's really testing you and your abilities and, and how well you... You know, it's one thing to read a book and learn something and you just have this knowledge. But to really test that knowledge and put confidence into what you know and do and in your practice, you know, you learn a skill and you gain all this knowledge of how this environment operates and how our body works in it. And then you want to put it to the test. You want to see, hey, you know, can I do this? Yeah. I mean, there's a certain element of self-challenge to it, isn't there? And that's part of the reward is I prepared for this. It took a lot of work. I went and did it and I had a great experience. I was able to go places not many people have been to and and come back and you know either bring pictures or talk about it or or just say I did it yeah right yeah and and being able to then future plan with confidence because you mm-hmm. you, you inherently success know something breed success yeah even even like uh, like planning gas in in training mm-hmm. and being able to not just say hey you should have a little bit of a reserve in case your buddy runs out yeah, of Yeah, come up with 500. But but to actually do an air share in a class where you come up from a, a depth that you're right. now rated mm-hmm. to. Right. You've actually done an air share and you go, oh, wow, actually, I, I can calculate this. And I see and how I difficult can, it is. And I yeah, can yeah. do this. And I realize that uh, it's going to cost me a decent amount of gas to right. come up properly, come up safely, come up clean. And I need a partner that can hold the depth and control buoyancy and trim and not yeah, not completely just blow shovel, shit. Yeah, yeah, not just shove a regulator in our mouth and pop to the surface. Right. Yeah, yeah, all that stuff matters. That's why I mean, failures do grow you, which is you know, I tell my kids that all the time. If something doesn't, they get frustrated or they didn't do well on something, and use it. That's what it's there for. You're supposed to fail, and it's you know, like Garrett says too. These failures are a built-in learning mechanism, kind of thing. Is you have to fail and 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 look at why you failed, not just blame someone. Right. You know, look at that immediate. This thing failed, so I'm going to go after this thing, or this environment is really bad, and I'm going to sue the environment people. The courts have ironically become the last line of defense in bringing personal responsibility back to climbing. In the majority of the cases cited above, the lawsuits were unsuccessful, but that doesn't change the fact that those climbers believed they were entitled to compensation when shit happened. <laughs> it seems we're forgetting that injury and death are the natural consequences of playing of in the uncontrollable... Being a dumbass. <laughs> no, go ahead. Yeah, like, well, he says the, the uncontrollable environment of the vertical arena. 
and what we say when you're underwater, right? Nature is trying to kill your ass it dead, is, yeah. right? So you've got to be smarter than nature. You, well, you're not going to be smarter, but you got to. I think you just got to go in prepared and being ready for things to change and not be expected. We we climb superficially aware that we can get hurt, but act surprised when someone actually is injured. The fact <laughs> is, <laughs> what the hell? I'm suing. The fact is, there is a statistical likelihood that you will get hurt while climbing. While risks can be managed and minimized, they cannot be eliminated. True. Yeah. So, I mean, even like something like that dive boat, the conception out there that just exploded and killed 34 people, I think, out in California. Yeah. Right. Horrific. Terrible tragedy. Uh, Can it happen? For sure. You know that when you get on board. Like, okay. I'm I'm not like saying, yeah, all these boats could just explode at any time. We could die in a fiery mess but but it is a possibility a, you take risk you take a risk you're i you're, mean uh, uh i mean look at the all the shipwreck, look this. at all the shipwrecks out in the great lakes yes. right uh, right uh, there anywhere in the world like <laughs> nobody got on that boat that day on that last trip of november I'm, I'm saying going die well, let's, let's, well maybe let's somebody the, did let's hurry up and get yeah. this in and uh, we'll die halfway through right nobody goes out no, I'm they think they think they're gonna make that yeah. trek mm-hmm. right from from detroit to chicago without any any problem Right. And they're going to get paid for it. And then they collide in the fog with another ship. And now there's a watery grave. Right? It it can happen. Right. But they also train for that kind of thing. They do have, you know, that's why they have lifeboats. That's why they have, you know, rescue teams. All of this stuff is there because it's a distinct possibility that there's going to be a disaster. And if there is, you're remote and... That's why it's deadly. You know, that's why the risk is up there. It's not, you know, it's not like, uh, okay, I, I caught a bush on fire next to the hose at home and I squirted, you know. Right, right. It's not that. You're out. So things can happen. I guess there's another way to look at it is like, did something happen because somebody was negligent? And that's completely, yeah, it could. I mean, if I'm, dri- <laughs> if I'm driving my car. Yeah. And um, eating my my double burger and fries and drinking my biggie drink and I reach over to drop one of those french fries I dropped right, and I swerve and, yeah. and and get into a car accident and go flying out the uh the windshield because my because my seat belt right something was wrong with my seat belt I, I didn't clasp it in all the mm-hmm. way I mean I find a problem with suing the seatbelt manufacturer mm-hmm. right for being negligent because the the clasp on the the seatbelt right. isn't easy enough for me to close. Yeah. When I get in, you know, when I get my food, because uh, I had to undo it, it when do I it automatically. Reach, yeah. <laughs> I had to undo it when I reached over to get my drive-through food. I couldn't clasp it all the way in, and then now that I swerve into oncoming traffic, yeah, I find a problem with that. Well, that's along the lines of people, you know, used to, you, you know, when you get the beep going beep beep when your seat belt won't isn't right, it right. hooked in so the people would Wait. put it behind their back and, and click it in and then they drive get in an accident come out and sue the seat belt manuf- the car manufacturers like hey you shouldn't make that a, a thing i can do yeah yeah right like so now so, the, wait a minute <laughs> yeah, now the car manufacturers have to engineer a car to that outsmart your dumbass. <laughs> that, yeah, <laughs> that you cannot possibly drive without the seatbelt connected. Right. Well, it, it, that's what it could do. It was connected, but it has to be connected around your right. body. Right. Is what they're going to figure out, Insane. and then they complain about that. There's been an almost subconscious extending of the safety net, security, and predictability found in climbing gyms to the mountains and crags. This is a dangerous drift. It's like pounding the square peg of adventure and the mountains into the round hole of automatic belay devices and climbing gyms. It just doesn't fit, nor does it make sense. The Climbing Instruction Bible is aptly entitled Freedom of the Hills. Implicit in its title is that climbers have the right to take risks, which may unfortunately include decisions that result in their deaths. Climbers accept, or should accept, that climbing is inherently dangerous and that they can get hurt in any number of ways. Falling, falling rock, bad rock, bad pro placement, bad bolt placement, etc. Phone charger. 
Um, and, and for us as divers, right, you have to realize that your equipment can fail you. You, <laughs> you can get, yeah, your equipment can fail you. People think they take their regulator in to get it serviced before a dive trip. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now the Pope Perfect. has the Pope has blessed this, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. it can't do no wrong. And then, but literally thirty seconds in the salt water is all it really takes after a perfect reset it's it's reset (laughs) all all bets are off at that point right like anything can go once you enter into the real environment right and you don't purge the regulator correctly or you let water get into the first aid somehow or and then you know everybody's like well i didn't do that he did how (laughs) many dives 18 dives whatever in various locations over how long of a time was this and then you know he's not taking his gear apart he's letting the dive master and the boat crew pull the regulator Around, pull the even up. if even if he was, it's like <laughs> still, dude, you can do everything right, and the shit can fail you. Depending on the route or the circumstances, climbing may not be as harmful as playing Russian roulette, but it is inherently dangerous. And same thing for scuba, right? That's why mm-hmm. we get the good equipment. That's why you get the good training. But yeah. it doesn't take away the fact this, right. that you're a human being going underwater, trying right. to live, and you're relying on technology you're relying on a bunch of things put together that are supposed supposed to keep you alive underwater now the thing you can do everything right you can have it serviced you can take good care of it it can still fail on you 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 have to enter the world assuming right that it's going to right right kind of the chief attraction to sport climbing is arguably the strength skill and artistry required to ascend a route Exposure to risk is secondary to the aesthetic and physical challenge of climbing. The biggest fear on a sport route isn't getting hurt, but fear of failure and not ticking the line. But you can still get hurt clipping bolts. This is very different when compared to what an alpinist is exposed to on a north face where the potential for rock or ice fall and shitty rock always exists and failure takes on an entirely different meaning. Yeah, yeah. different environment. Yeah, and the same so thing is true. Different, different hazards. There's different, different levels yeah. of scuba as well. Well, right? and that, again, the, we go back to what we preach is that open water class is 30 feet of water. Correct. Because That's the it. likelihood that a leaking regulator is going to cause a near into death experience and yeah. out of air is pretty unlikely. Yeah. It's because much of the amount less. of time that you've got. That's mm-hmm. why right. the likelihood that that's going to turn into a, a major problem is, is pretty unlikely right. because you're just relying on the guide getting you home. The equipment yeah. getting you home. The margin it, of error is huge there. That's that's what it's about. The margin of error includes you're a dumbass. Correct. That you're with somebody who's not watching your gear. You didn't check your gear very well. You weren't paying attention to your, your pressure gauge. Your buddy's not paying attention to you. You're all on different pages. You go down the line while your buddies and everybody else goes down off the line against the dive master's you know, directives. All of that stuff is taken into consideration when you're doing a 30-foot dive. You have a big margin of error. That stuff can happen, and the likelihood of you getting injured, not very high. Now, you do it on a 100-foot dive. Well, we're doing the deep dive today, and you take that knowledge and that training, all all those issues, right, who now goes to this new environment of 100 feet. And doesn't pay attention to their buddy, and their buddy doesn't pay attention to their own gear, and nobody else is paying attention to the buddy. And, yeah, they're not even together on the dive. And then they want to take it to the 100 feet, and let's do it on the wreck. Right, but I have a really good scuba technician that does my regulators, so I should be good. I'm golden, baby. And then we're going to follow this guy in the wreck. (laughs) Exactly. And you you can see where the that level of intensity gets greater and greater right. and greater. And if you're still relying on the rosy, happy world of where you should be in 30 feet, and you're trying to apply those tools and those tra- that training into this new world, well, I'm sorry, but you're setting yourself up for failure potentially. And yeah, an incident, the, uh, something, yeah, something's going to happen. And the the seriousness of that failure, right, gets the ramific- greater and greater. Right, and greater. the consequences are. A little more harsh. Deeper you go, and the further you get into diving, and the and the more challenging the environments you get into. That's why we tell you know I tell students start start getting some experience. You've been trained to thirty feet. Go get some thirty foot experience. Then come and take an advanced course. Start getting a little deeper. Start doing different environments. Don't just go down to the Caribbean dive 
30 foot reefs and then think you're going to dive here in the Great Lakes. Right. It's well, I mean, a different well, world. That's the thing is everybody just looks at that card, that advanced open water card. Oh, yeah. And it's it's like the golden ticket mm-hmm. to, to get out and do anything you want. Right. I remember when I got mine, I thought, this is, now the world is my oyster. Then you start diving, you're like, whoa, I'm really not prepared adequately to be doing these dives that they say I'm prepared to do. I need to gain experience and start gradually developing a, a, a depth you know, repertoire or whatever you want to call it, where you start feeling comfortable going 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, 100 feet, a well, little bit at a time the, in different environments. Yeah, you're, I would say you're the exception to the rule. Well, I know I am. Because most, of course <laughs> I am. It's always been that way. <laughs> because most people just look at the computer good and, and yeah. right, they're in 130 feet. Right. And there's there's numbers on that. That tell me what to do. And, and I go a little bit deeper. The numbers get smaller, but there's still numbers. I'm okay. <laughs> when they start blinking and, they, and going, beep, 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 beep. beep. They go deeper and now deeper. Now it might be. Right. They're like, oh, I, I, can hit the, I can hit the 150. I can hit 180. I still, I'm still breathing. I'm just going to take a quick dip mm-hmm. and it's going to get me home. Right. Then you hit a downdraft. Right. Or you get tangled in something. Or, or anything. Or, or you get anything. knocked out and you're like, yeah. turtle. <laughs> turtle. <laughs> Cheese balls floating by. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, right? And, and because now you're in that environment with the, I can, I can see the shimmering of the surface 30 oh, feet yeah. above me training is all mm-hmm. I've got in my back pocket. Right. If you want to stay safe. You should not venture out. <laughs> yeah, Stay yeah. in your lazy boy in front of that idiot box and eat cheese balls. Cheese balls. But, I mean, is that not inherently dangerous too? I mean, everything's got Well, you're going to some... die. Yeah. Well, ultimately, and I say this to my kids, ultimately, we all kill ourselves. This is a, We're a big suicide machine. So, ultimately, one way or another, you're killing yourself. Whether you pick up the crazy girl in the bar and she stabs you at night while you're sleeping doesn't matter you did that right ultimately or, or you have a heart attack from eating cheeseburgers Cheese balls! <laughs> yeah. like, you ultimately did that right you can delay the onset of your suicide in many ways get training right uh go diving and then earn the cheese balls with the vodka <laughs> shot you know <laughs> if you want to stay safe you should not venture outdoors stay inside remove all risk and watch your soul get eaten away by tedium <laughs> I love it. I love that line. Yes. You may not get physically hurt, but you will also not experience the independence, self-reliance, beauty, and wisdom that climbing can offer. Risk is integral to climbing. Some forms of climbing are, of course, more hazardous to your health, and each type has its own rewards and tolerances for risk. We should not, however, confuse what is appropriate for gym climbing in terms of risk and safety with what is acceptable for other forms of climbing, because it clearly isn't. But as the above cases indicate, some people sure appear to be thinking along those lines. And just substitute diving for climbing in that, la- especially that last. Yeah, and like when they read. say when yeah. they say gym climbing, like climbing in those rock it's climbing quarry, gyms, pool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or like that that basic open water of mm-hmm. here's a bunch of equipment that you need to learn how to use because it's going to keep you safe underwater. And fully trusting in that equipment and that dive guide to, to get you to where you want to see something cool and to get you home safely. It, it, when you take that knowledge and that comfort and apply it to a place where you have to be thinking on your own, you have to be in a dive team that's accounted for mm-hmm. issues and problems. And you've taken on the, the, the freedom and the, the reward of that self-reliance. Right. Right, I mean, it, that comes at a cost, right? You have well, to be responsibility. Yeah, yeah, and that that cost is responsibility right. for sure. You, you have to get yourself trained, and you have to understand what good training is. That good training should show you that there are many ways. Yeah, that the shit can hit the fan. Well, here's my other, you know, other thing I would say to students: there's no possible way you can put someone through training that will put them in every single circumstance they're going to encounter. Correct. So you have Completely to start impossible. to. Th- to train a mindset of an approach to diving, like this is how I go into it. Again, like you say, thinking this place is trying to kill me. So how do I go in there, enjoy what I'm doing, be adequately prepared to the best of our abilities as human beings in this environment? How do I do that 
and and that's what I think good training is, is it realistically says this is a philosophy or this is an approach to diving. And we'll show you a number of ways that our training will get you out of issues and how to basically prevent them from occurring versus and, and deal with them deal with them when they do occur, occur. Right? exactly accepting the fact that it's a likely possibility right and i think that when you've done training like that it opens up the amount of fun that you have oh, yeah. overall right and the dives the, the dives are incredibly much more enjoyable after you've when you're done that work yeah, yeah. when you're confident like okay so i but the industry i overall, know if something happens I'm pretty well adequately trained and practiced. I can handle it. And so can my partner. We're both coming out of this. And my, you know, when I look at the people I dive with, I dive with James pretty much. There's a few other people, but why? Because if something happens, we're both going to come home. He's going to be able to help me get home if it's happening to me and versa versa. I'm hoping he believes the same thing in me is well, yeah, we're able to handle it. We've, we've seen you've what we trained can do. in a team so that your teammate is an asset right. and not just somebody underwater who ends up being a liability. Right. That's why we bring spare mass. <laughs> well, the, the reason I bring up spare mass, I know so many divers do tech dives or cave dives don't bring spare mask. I always bring one. Have you ever had a mask? Yeah, yeah. that's why I carry a mask. I've had it happen, but these guys have never had it happen. And so after about, you know, 20, 30 dives of not having a mask go, they go, that's just taking up space in my pocket. So they don't bring it. And I I always say, what are you going to do? Oh, it'll never happen. It happens. It will happen. It happens. It's just like you're going to, regs are going to free flow. You're not going to see it. Your buddy's supposed to point it out to you, or you're supposed to notice. Uh, things are going to fail. Your buoyancy compensator is going to fail. You're going to lose a fin. All this shit's going to happen if you dive long enough. Correct. And I think the, the industry is so worried about scaring somebody off. Right. Right. They won't they, get their dollars from them. They just give this yeah. big bubblegum happiness, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of... Everything's fun and happy, mm-hmm. man. You're going to see some prettiest fishies, and it's going to be so much fun. You don't have to worry about a thing. Right. Take this class. You'll be done this week, and there's a group on for it, and you can get it at half price. You'll be done, and, and you got this top-of-the-line reg and this top-of-the-line computer. And it's gonna if you have the best you stuff, nothing can happen to you. Split fins. It's like having four you of them. You need a regulator feet. with It'll a ruby it. as the high-pressure seat. Uh, you need this. You need these split fins for $190 a pair. But is is that not the... That's going to save your life. Well, it, is that not doing the ex, exact opposite? Is what, <laughs> what you end up seeing is <laughs> yeah. be, because you're giving them the, this false sense of everything's right. okay and you, you make them live in this really romantic world, you don't prep them for the real place. No. And you know that at some point of the doing a, enough of these bubblegum dives, they're going to go, eh, what's this side street over <laughs> yeah. here? And that side bad. street yes. is, the, is the... It's sl- a bad day for you, baby. <laughs> that's the bad neighborhood <laughs> down here. Right. That's the red light district. <laughs> right. It's fun you're gonna if get you know your, what you're doing. <laughs> yeah, it's fun if you know what you're doing, but if not, you're going to get your ass kicked. Yes. Yeah. Oh, for, by all means. And then when accidents occur... Of course, the whole community comes out, and when I say the whole community, it seems like it's the the powers that be in the community. No speculation. You don't know what happened, and then it's gone. Shut it down. It's gone. We don't know what happened. Somebody died, and they'll start talking about it, and they'll say, well, what could have happened? Yeah, How did we'll this happen? The, we'll let the courts could, take Could it care be of their it. training? You can't speculate. That's, that's disrespectful to their family and all those mourning, and then it's nothing. Then you hear nothing. We never learned anything. Whoop. Yeah, until you find out what the, the the lawsuit payout was at the end. Well, some yeah. Well, if you find out, if you find out, the dive industry does not want anybody knowing bad things happen to good people in the dive world. They can. I again, if if I were in this blaming mentality, I would blame the people themselves and the industry that sells them this false sense of security or bullshit line like it's all fluffy bunnies. It's not. It's just not, man. There's <laughs> monsters. <laughs> All right, everybody. So um, on that note, send us your no. pictures of fluffy bunny fish. <laughs> that was a um, that was a fun little talk about taking responsibility. I like it. Yeah, you should take. Yeah, yeah. It was good talk. Good, good choice, Jamesy. I I like that one. It's uh, what's the word? It's very pertinent to today's 
what seems to be today's mentality of, of people coming to take over this world yeah, when, yeah. when we leave. It's, yeah. uh, you well, owe me. It's not my fault. I'm entitled. There's yeah, no like risk there was in a life. Little, it was a little incident that I experienced in the shop, and I, I'd like to say it was a, a one-off incident, oh, no, but no, 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 over no. the last couple decades, I've, I've heard it. If I've heard the story once, I've heard it a thousand yeah. times, you know, uh, something along those same lines of... Mm-hmm. It's not my fault. It's not yours. my fault. Yours. Yeah, yeah. Everybody exactly. else. And that uh, I thought was very fitting with a lot of stuff going on today. And mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all you Patreon supporters out there. Thanks for all of you commenters and reviewers and donators to the show. We love you guys all very, very much. Thank you very much. Love is a hard, harsh, strong word. Love. Love. Do you want to make love with them? I didn't want to make love. Well, to them. That's what love implies. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I care deeply about them, but as a friend, <laughs> we're just friends. Okay, everybody. Hey, uh, till next time. Oh wait, you want to sign long books? Um, it wasn't my fault. <laughs> you owe me, and I'm suing. Love, your best buddy. <laughs> Okay, thank you. I mean, do yours. Um, your reg is free flowing. <laughs> Finally. Get that fixed. Take that to the shop. I know Jamesy. this technician. <laughs> Jamesy. All See right. everybody. Safe diving, folks. Let's go there. But the fact that you said it, we have to go there now. Let's go there.